everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Now, some features are not available in all states, but that's okay. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off of their MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, everyday True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save your time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Oh, We're back again. Another week of Monday Night Football. Another week of Monday Night Football. What would you have worn if the Niners okay. lost? Uh, that's a good question. I like how our special guest is yeah, already chiming before in. I could even oh, introduce him. <laughs> and you know what? If the Niners lost, which would have never happen, a 99.9% chance that that would not have happened. But if they did lose, I still would have wore this jersey because of the fact that it's one game. They wouldn't have gonna lose. They were okay, gonna okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I'll joke. This is gonna be you a guys. show. Yes, it well, is. No, it See won't. I am your host, Christina Kaplan. <laughs> Aside from my wonderful panel here, we have a very special guest joining us tonight. Yes. Guys, introduce yourselves and then I will introduce our special guest. That is Massey. Today, I am known oh, as geez. Jerry Rice, number 80, also known as Kevin John. <laughs> but Rice today, happy birthday, Jerry Rice, 52. He is 52. I'll give you that, even though it looks like a Victor Cruz jersey. But hey, guys, I'm oh, Steph Z. Oh. <laughs> and our special guest, Bram Hoover, yes. who's got a brand new football movie, 23 oh, Blast, yeah. Yeah. coming out October 24th. That's right. Bram, tell us a little bit about your movie. Uh, 23 Blast is the true story of Travis Freeman. Uh, Travis is the first known blind football player, and he went blind overnight. He was 13 when it happened. Uh, he got a really rare case of meningitis, and uh, yeah, lost his eyesight overnight. And he played center. And wow. uh, I actually went to high school with Travis. He was a senior when in I was in real life. A, yes, in real life. Oh shit! Yeah, that's so why. So did they know that when you went in for the casting that you? Or, or how, how did you no, make cast? I wrote, I wrote the this, movie. Yeah. That's how he sealed the deal. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. So you, you got in through the back. Okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made, that made sense. No, yes. he created it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's a really inspiring story. And I hear also that you grew up playing football your whole life. I did. So did you play with Travis? I did. I did play with Travis. He was a senior when I was a freshman. So uh, I was unfortunately on the sidelines as a freshman. But uh, I got to see it firsthand. Pretty crazy to see, you know. So that's awesome. So being that you wrote the movie, that's why. Because. Sometimes when people write the movie, they cast themselves as the lead. Right. And I know you're one of the leads, but you're not actually, the, you know, the player that goes blind. Right. So He's a because, smart yeah. no, <laughs> but because you witnessed it, you more so wanted to tell it from your perspective. Because if you didn't witness it and you just heard about the story and read it, right. normally you would probably cast yourself as the lead. Right. So that's I was wondering that, and now I know. Yeah. Now, that's awesome. That is pretty freaking amazing. Now, twenty three blast. That's actually the name of a play, correct? It is. It is. And it's the fullback running through the three hole. Yes. The, it's the two back it's through the, the two, three hole. Two back through the three hole. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. You know, I, I kept, I 
picked on to that. Yeah. We ran a similar play called a 23 uh, ISO. Oh, but, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, real quick, can you just move your mic up a tiny bit? Yes. I'm getting a note from the uh, back. There you go. Perfect. Better. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bram, Sorry, what I got a note in the window to tell you that. What position did you play? Oh, I played wide receiver, running back, um, long snapper, punt returner. That wow. was an athlete. Yeah, backup quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so you, like you sound like Percy the Harvin. perfect specimen for what we've been talking about in all of our, you know... 40. What was your 40? Uh, four or five. Okay. Dang. Yeah. Okay, got some all right. I, I benched 300, squat 500. Okay. Um, 36-inch vertical. I think, wow. Oh, wow. I that think he could kick ass. I really think he could. I'll still take him one-on-one. Uh, <laughs> I want to see an arm wrestle. Now, you know, you guys were talking about the Giants and Cruz. I'm serious. Snap that tweet. <laughs> we should actually do that. Now, I'm serious. It's going to happen. Uh, we we already have the, yeah. the, the, the thing here. I'll now, hold him. <laughs> you just want to hold our muscles. That's I right. do. Um, now, I was going to ask, you know, did you ever get, because we were talking about Giants earlier, do you ever get Jason Seahorn? You know, I don't think I've ever gotten that, but I I, I know what he looks like, and I can see that. <laughs> that that's a compliment, actually. Yeah. I mean, that, that, he's a swag hey. guy. Hey, he's got a beautiful wife, too. Or I did. I don't know if they're still married. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys see Ron, Rondé Barber over here? Ah. <laughs> Rondé. Speaking of wives, didn't, wasn't Rondé Barber the one that like left his wife? And that was like, Tiki. Oh, Tiki. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. Tiki was the one that played for the Giants, and as soon as he left, they won the Super Bowl. That is right. Bad luck. That I don't right. know, man. Sucked. Yeah. yeah. But um, and he was like that guy for that team anyway. I so, okay, hold on. <laughs> Bram is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. Tell us what it's like to be a Bucks fan because none of us know. I mean, Steph Z could probably relate to you the most because she's a Jets fan. Right. You know, <laughs> what made you become a Tampa Bay Bucks fan? Um, I lived in Tampa, Florida for like nine, ten years. And in Kentucky, we don't have any pro teams. So I kind of adopted the Buccaneers. Um, so, but after 2002, when we won the Super Bowl, it's, it's been downhill since then. So <laughs> it's it's a disappoint, disappointing year after disappointing year. Dude, hey, there's still a chance to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> it's forever. It's, it's never. It's never too late. Yeah. It's yeah. Never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> Of course, a Jets fan would say that, but you know, you, you, you never. Oh! <laughs> Dude, I, hope, I hope we just don't win any more games so yeah. we can pick a new team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's from the 70s gong show or something. No, it's not. Know, that's right? from The Price is Right. Oh, you're right. Come on. I was Come just on. there. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite player? My favorite player, um, Michael Vick. Really? Yeah. Oh, Steph. see? There we go. Yeah. So, so, so uh, can you speak about Vic's current status as an athlete? I mean, we, we see he's diminishing. He is. Do, wh- how many years do you say Vic has left? Um, it, not um, not many. <laughs> you know, I, I have to disagree. I don't know Uh-oh. that he's completely diminishing. I think that right now... Did you see him? Uh, the game I before did. last? I did. I was there. You were. <laughs> I saw the game. I just think that... I would like to see Michael Vick start and play two full games, and I think everybody would be surprised. They would. He'd get back into it. He would get He'd right get back, back into, into it. He thing. he left. He had all the trouble with his legal stuff, this, that, and the other thing. He never came fully back, never got back to the top. Then he got traded. Now he's sitting on the bench, and he's watching this rookie make stupid mistakes. Oh, yeah. And he's sitting there trying to stay positive. Like, that's got to kill your ego. Let right. the man play. I would be happy to see him fully play. How did, it, how did it feel as a Tampa Bay fan to win the Super Bowl right. and then have your starting quarterback get traded? Yeah. I think that's the only team that's ever, ever happened done to. that. Yeah. 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 But then again, that's like the craziest but, thing but that again, has look, to loom over Trent Dilfer's head. Like, look oh look who God. the starting quarterback was, though. You're not that. Trent Dilfer, honestly, if you look at quarterbacks to win Super Bowls the yes. last 15 years, yes. is probably the only one referred to as a game manager. And what I mean by game manager is referred to as a non-franchise quarterback that was able to control the game and win first team. So I wasn't shocked that they traded him. Right. We're not talking about a Joe Montana, a Steve Young, a um, you know, or the other Forty Niners. Maybe I was a little biased with that, but yeah. still, you know. Um, but, but but yeah, I mean, yeah, the Bucks are Peyton bad. Manning, Eli Manning, <laughs> just get going to the Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, he won too. 
Hey, why don't we get into tonight's the game? Tonight. Yeah, let's get into Which, the game. And then before we do wrap up, though, I would like to talk more about the movie. I've got some questions. Yeah, I yeah, did some ahead. research. Uh, we can do it after the game if you want. We'll wrap back up with. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll come back. Yeah, around. we'll come yeah. back around to that. Sounds but good. there are some more things. We want to hear what Bram has to say about uh, what he thinks about Monday Night Football. As yeah, well. we want to yes. hear about Monday Night Football, and then we want to yes. talk some more about the twenty-three blast we- and the arm wrestle. <laughs> Yes, we had the St. Louis Rams and the 49ers. We all chose 49ers, right? <sighs> yes. You know what? Let me say this. The 49ers had my confidence shook that first quarter. They I'm did. I'm not going to lie. Okay, first of all, I was just saying. I'm just, this is going to be on the defense on everything. Well, okay, remember, me- I'm not a fan. I'm just a guy watching a football game. And the productivity was right. So let me ask you then, Thaddeus. Let me ask you: Did the car? I'm sorry. Did the um, Rams Rams play their offense play that good, or was it the 49ers defense played that bad in that first quarter? I think it was a little bit of both. I think the, the you know 49ers were just. They weren't filling gaps. They weren't shooting the gaps. None of that. They weren't stopping the run. It's like, what is going on here? You know, and then the Rams were just, they were just executing their plays as they practiced them. Before we get too into it, I have to say this, and I know that whatever, but did you guys all see the national anthem? That violinist no, that played I it. it. I, did, I saw the tail end of that. Sick. It was awesome. It was, it was yeah. really good. Like, I didn't expect it. I was like, the professional violinist. And it, he just was like, ah! It was really, really awesome. That's cool. And the other thing that stuck out to me right when the game started is I love that they played with the throwback jerseys tonight because it kind of almost felt like it was L.A. versus San Francisco. And I just love those super bright, like, superhero colors. So mm. it just reminded me of my Dickerson jersey I used to have. Dickerson. Well, Dickerson. I did also, have one. It also... Is a San Francisco St. Louis National League baseball championship going on right now? There you go. So we had the you know head to head in both sports, which is cool. But let's talk about Austin Davis. Oh man, goes from fourth string to starter. He was undrafted out of Southern Miss. Got let go by the Rams. Was on the uh, Dolphins practice squad for like a week. I think they said. Got picked back up by the Rams, thrusted into the spotlight basically. In was it week three? Yeah, mm-hmm. and somewhere in that mix too, he was completely out of the NFL though, and was like coaching. Yes, high school. and he said, "This is my last chance." Once yeah. he got the chance with the Rams again, and what what did, what is your evaluation on his overall performance tonight? I'll give, I'll give you his stats. He was twenty-one and forty-two, <sighs> threw for two hundred thirty-six yards. One touchdown and one interception. Let's let's start with Bram. What did you think of him? I thought he was good. Of course, it's, he didn't obviously put together a complete game. He had great moments and he had bad moments. The interception that he threw for a pick six at the end of the game, you know, it's hard to count that against him. But I mean, he's good. He definitely has potential. He, you know, he has to just put together a full game. I mean, he's got receivers, so you know. Yeah, I agree. He definitely in that first quarter he showed a lot of promise. And you're right, that last interception that he threw was... Sell the deal. It was just bad. It, it was just, you know, it, it was his fault. Yes, they were playing good man-to-man coverage there, but it was just, I don't know, it was the end of the game. He was probably feeling a lot of pressure, like, this is my last opportunity to save this for my team. So, yeah, I can't really count that against him, against him too much, but what do you guys think? What did you think of him? Well, first Evan? of all, just to piggyback on your feel-good story, you know, obviously we know who I was going for tonight, <laughs> but with that being said, I can still respect Austin Davis. I can respect yes. his background and story, and it kind of makes you think back to 99 when there was this guy named Kirk Warner right. who took over midway, um, you know, uh, a few games into the season and had a Cinderella-type season, ultimately took him to the Super Bowl one against the Titans. But Kurt Warner, prior to that, he was stocking shelves right. while trying to get a job in a CFL playing quarterback. So I looked at that, and then I looked at Austin, and I was like, man, these are similar kind of stories. The unfortunate thing is Austin obviously did not complete the game in full fashion. The first quarter, he was impressive. If you looked at that first drive, they drove 80 yards yeah. down the field. He connected. He was like five of six or six for seven. Yep. I don't know the exact stat, yep. but he was sharp that first drive. Um, even the first quarter alone, he was very sharp on. And I think someone tweeted me, "Are you nervous or something?" I don't know if that was. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I go point fingers, but somebody said that. <laughs> I'll take it. 
And I think I was laughing when I read that because I was just like, just watch and wait. <laughs> but to say that, um, you know, I guess to finish with my assessment of him, he looked sharp the first quarter. In the second half, he was absolutely horrendous. He didn't complete a pass until under six minutes in the fourth quarter, which means he went practically, what, 21 minutes without a completed pass the second half. So his game completely fell apart. I don't know whether that's to well, him that, exactly or if you attribute that no. to the dominance of the San Francisco right. the pass 49ers. Rushing I would, I from would the 49ers. Well, I would yeah. have to attribute that to the stepped up defense exactly. as opposed to the dominance of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. This, the defense that the 49ers, all, we're the ranked 49ers, the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to go, I'm about, I'm about I'm to go off. So go ahead. Still, I'm, I'm going to push this about the same. But I would have to say <laughs> that the 49ers stepped their game up <laughs> tremendously, obviously, and they actually started playing like the 49ers that we know that they are because they play like crap in the beginning of the game. They stepped up, and then, of course, the the Rams are obviously not on that level. They just kind of fell apart at the same time. So it was just like a, a yeah. changing of the tides, really. Well, I think, too, to more to your point, Kevin, it was really cool because Kurt Warner, would you actually see him upstairs. In the yes! So it was kind of that cool, awesome. like that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but as far as Davis, I really liked him. I thought he was awesome. I thought he was on point. I don't know if you guys heard it. I don't know where you watch, but they were comparing him to Drew Brees, mm-hmm. which I felt was a little bit premature. Disrespect. Yeah, uh, the, or that. Um, and something that I saw and I felt the pain of, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, is that their new offense coordinator is Brian Schottheimer, Shotty. And he was with the Jets before this. And it was a very similar thing to the Jets come out big and they fall apart in the end. So I don't know if he's playing to Davis's weaknesses and strengths the way he should be as well. That might be a factor in what happened at the end. Also, he's new. His story's great. You, he, you know, he'll get better and better. I think he has the talent. But again, I've seen, it's almost like I felt like I was watching a similar Jets story. It's like, you get out in front of the team that you're supposed to, you're the under dog and then it just falls apart and they missed called plays misreads all that happens so well the problem was he was under duress the whole second half of you right. saw and there's no way a quarterback can lead when every play they're under duress they're um, trying to evade defenders they can't get in their zone they can't develop the correct chemistry with the receivers and they're not going to be able to make plays right. and San Francisco that whole second half they were you know they blanketed him right. he couldn't do anything they became more so, cohesive so I think they also adjusted their game plan as well because I think there's probably some underestimation there. Or so yeah. it seemed, yeah. That oftentimes happens as well. Sometimes teams come out and they're a little complacent based on who they're playing or who in their mind psychologically they're playing. And then a couple of plays happen and they're like, okay, wait a minute, we're we're, we're, we're in a game. We're not going to let this happen. And then they wake up and then they start competing right. like how they know they're, they're supposed to and what everybody expects of them. And that's kind of that's kind of what it seemed like. You know, you woke up a sleeping giant during the game. Like the, It didn't seem like the 49ers came ready to play. It seemed like they, they just kind of took it like, oh, we're going to win this game. It's like, no, you got to play and win this game. Any, you know, you, you can still lose this game if you let them beat you kind of yeah. thing. You know, you can still lose a game if you don't come to play, regardless of how much talent that you have. So I think it took them a minute for them to realize. Okay, these guys came to play, and so we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to go to work and we have to play, and that's what they did. But they could have lost that game. They easily could because you saw the first half. The Niners, their offense was pretty much dormant, right. with the exception of that eighty-yard bomb with like fifteen seconds left yeah. when yeah. Kaepernick Floyd. hit Floyd. Mm-hmm. You know they they really couldn't get anything rolling but offensively. Yeah. That was bad defense. I don't think he oh, would have got that defense. ball. I don't think he would have had that touchdown Absolutely. if it weren't for. And that was a momentum changer as well. Yes, that happened. Yeah. And also, yes. I, I believe... you talking about that streak up the sideline on the left side? No, it wasn't yep. a streak. It was a bump. Oh yeah, it wasn't like yeah. he. It was like a bump. Well, it wasn't like he. <laughs> it was he ran, he ran an out streak, ran an out and go. Yeah, and then and cap hit him. It was like an eighty-yard pass. Yeah. What is it, out and go, or did he do a double move and then go? Yeah, he did, he did a double, double shift. Move. He did a double yeah, shift, like a hitch. It was like a hitch and go. No, but you're thinking of the other one. When it was on the other side, and he went Oh, like Michael Crabtree. Yeah, when you think it's zigzag, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. that's, that's, a post, that's called a, a, a post-corner post. It's a PCP. No, that, that was on the right side of the field. <laughs> Not the drug. Brandon Lloyd on the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking about on the left side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was Lloyd. He did a little hitch, because he, yeah, yeah, he ran, yeah. did a little move, out like he was going to do a hitch. I think that was man. I think they were in man, and the guy just got beat. But you should be... Well, no, they show, but they 
showed they broke down that play later yeah. on and they showed they showed Jenkins the corner that was supposed to be on him mm-hmm. was like 2 to 3 yards behind him the whole time yeah. and then they showed the rest of those defensive players were like all in the middle of the field yeah. where yeah. there was only one other offensive player that free yeah. safety should have been on that side right. glued on and and he bit and came up to take the tight end and whenever you're in that particular situation especially mm-hmm. with 15 seconds left not necessarily that you want to go on a prevent defensive mode no, definitely not. but you're you don't want to give up big yardage, and I didn't he understand. Just got, he just got beat. Yeah. He had that double move, and he bit on it. He bit. He that's bit. what happened. So yeah. it was, he was there in man, and he got he got beat. Still, let me ask you Regardless of the scheme, he was a man. That's what Chad Ocho Cinco used to have those. You know, remember Chad Ocho Cinco? Exactly. So when you got that one-on-one battle, you're on that island, it doesn't matter what's going on over here, kind of, sort of. Right. They're on that island, he got beat. That boy got beat. He got burnt. He got burnt. Yeah. What I was Toast. trying to say was, because what I meant was, was that that was a big momentum changer. And I don't know what you guys think, but the Rams did get one kind of penalty against them that was kind of shit. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. The, the offensive uh, the pass offensive interference. pass interference yeah. that was not a pass interference at all. It was It was awful. No, was that was a momentum awful. changer as well. Because that, say they converted that, that first, first down, down, because that was the first down he would have They would have kept that drive alive, um, would have got at least a field goal or a touchdown, and that Cook just killed Because broke that yep. tackle. Yeah. Like, he had an awesome break tackle. That right. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I think that was the point in the game where the momentum completely shifted. Oh, yeah. Like, 100% was... Yeah. 49ers and gone. Yeah. But then there was another controversial, well, I shouldn't say controversial, but questionable call, that holding. He barely grabbed him. It's like, they, and they even said, the announcer said that this is something that the refs are saying, that if you grab the jersey, jersey at all, they're going to call it. Mm-hmm. But it's it comes to a point where it's the like no fun let him play. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not like he's ripping him down, and it wasn't even on purpose either. But you know, honestly, we, we kind of got a premonition of this during the preseason when they called so many flags on so many uh, penalty flags. That is on so many. I mean, there were more penalty flags thrown this preseason than, than ever before, and I think that's just ref uh, officiating. They're trying to crack down a lot more this year on various penalties. They're trying to protect the quarterbacks more and. And, well, that's um, because the big lawsuit. Guaranteed, well, that's because the more people are complaining, they got true. hurt. I mean, there was a huge lawsuit in the law. Like, what lawsuit do yeah, you was, hear about where they're like, "No, you guys should sue for more money." Yeah, it, like it was because the NFL had to do all that. Of course, the NFL is like, "You guys are going to get out there and pull, pull your flag hey, out." It's a contact sport. I predict by the year twenty twenty five. That NFL football will be officially flag. be two hand touch. <laughs> It'll be flag football with pads. Touch. With pads, <laughs> two hand touch. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. With flags, but um, <laughs> and then that way maybe it the Jets crazy, can probably though. win a game. Oh, but anyway, again, again, they're just back it up, roll over me, drive over, back up, reverse, go ahead. No, but it is crazy, and it's happening. And, and again, just you know, for a little moment, really, or like a serious moment. Actually, um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but on Long Island. Pretty close to where I grew up, a kid was actually killed playing football last week. Um, Sharm Wading River. Yeah, I think I Tom heard about that. Tom um, Cutnella. Off a head? Impact yeah, he, he got hit, and um, they didn't really, you, you know, he got hit and he wound up dying from a hit on the field. Yeah. yeah. So the contact and the things that are happening are, you know what I mean? Like, I understand to an extent. Like, I get let the men play and it's this, that, and the other thing, but there are these things happening yeah. because people are more aggressive, they're stronger, you know, even at the NFL level, you know, there's there's all this happening, so I get the flags, but there's just, for me, there's not, like, there's no standard yet. It's like, one thing is a call, and one thing's not a call. There's no consistency. Yes, that's what I was looking and, for. And the flag, I know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of consistency, and, right. and sometimes that's difficult to do because different officiators have different ways of calling what they feel. Because, you know, some of those calls, they're pretty explicit, but they can also be subjective in the eye of the officiator. Maybe they felt it was too much. Kind of like an umpire calling balls and strikes, you know? Right. Some, to some umpires, they would call a strike on something. And I think it's the but same thing with... at least with that, I feel like umpires, if they're going to call a game, their strikes and balls are consistent. Like, they have maybe their strike zone is different from a different umpire, but throughout that baseball game, it'll be consistent calls, and I think that's what's not consistent in, in football. And I feel like that's why everyone's like, whoa, this, that, nearly. Like, if consistently touching a jersey was a flag we would all get like, okay, that's a flag, but it's like he, they, they get away with it one time yeah. and they don't the next time. That's why we're all like, what's going on? You yeah. remember these guys are also politicians, so they have to be down on the field and they have to politic with the refs. It's like this whole gambit of 
give and take. You know, it's like taking money under the table. Like, <laughs> you know, even the refs are fans of these guys. So, like, sometimes it's like, okay. I'm gonna let him get away with this one. He's, he's a good player. I like him. <laughs> it's all psychological. You gotta remember that they're all human beings, and everything plays into the psyche of the ref, just like everybody else. Yeah. They go, they watch right. the games, and they're subject to media, pop culture, advertising, and all this stuff that's propagandizing. That's not a word, but push into our psyche. That's that's pushing to everybody's psyche about how they perceive. So you're trying people. to say that football is fixed. I'm saying every sport is fixed to a certain degree. <laughs> Even they talked about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan used to travel all the time and do all these things, and they didn't call him on it because they were like, Michael Jordan, he can get away with anything he wants to. They do that. Is that That's why they I'm put saying. him out the league for three years due to his gambling uh, issues? Those are for other reasons that we will not discuss. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, back so to Brown, the game. Yes. What, what, was one, what were some of the highlights of the game that stuck out to you? Was there anything in particular? Or? Um, Crabtree is a beast, and Anquan Bolden is a beast. I mean... Uh, I really liked uh, seeing Trey Mason getting his first carry. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Trey Mason, there were quite a few rookies on the Rams that had um, their first starts. Well, not necessarily first starts, but good games tonight. We had Trey Mason, Auburn. Another Auburn guy was Greg Robinson, their number one pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then we had Florida State, LaMarcus Joyner, who I think had... He had a, a pretty like a notable play at the end of the game. I feel like um, I don't remember. I wrote it down somewhere. My notes are so crazy, but um, and then Aaron Donald, who has the only sack of the team so far this season. Um, yeah, they were talking about Donald despicable. how he how his mentality too. It's like a vet, like it's, he's like a rookie, but he seems like he's been there for like five years. Just his awareness and the way he talks to his team and stuff like that. So I feel like he was definitely performing. Did you see that hit he put on? Yes, um, straight up the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, just straight up plastered. When he hit Frank Gore? Uh, yeah. When he, he, just, he took Gore just straight yeah, up. You, yeah, that, you yeah. saw that hit. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, he pushed him back. He, yeah. He, yeah. He, he didn't fall and forward. Gore's a strong back, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. But, they, you know who got clobbered on your team? <laughs> Ellington? Is that him? Number 10? Is that his name? Ellington? You're he, talking about our our our, our, our special team our, our, our returner? returner. Yeah, he like took it and like tr- he got clobbered <laughs> twice. Well, I mean, for, for, he did, but you I know, mean, he like took it on like the three and tried to run and got smashed. Yeah. That's the thing with being a punt yeah. returner is though is knowing when to fair catch it, when to call a fair catch, knowing when to get out, or knowing when it to run back. It is true. But sometimes you know punt returners, and you know this. Of sometimes, course. yeah, you know they, they're they, the they, most dangerous. And daring yeah. guys in the NFL. Yeah. To sit and back there be and watch a ball. And daring, but when you're taking a ball on the three, like, let it go in the end zone. Okay, you got to understand the mind of a person who will stand there while 11 other or 10 other guys that are running full speed yes. on an open field, and you don't even get to really look at these guys. You got to look up in the air exactly. and wait for ball to come down. That's I you're, get you're, you're dealing with a completely balls. different psyche of an individual who <laughs> right. does that. I totally get it. I'm yeah. just saying it wasn't the smart play twice. So you think that he should have either fair cop that or just let the ball go into the end zone for end a touchdown? End zone, throw a block. Fram, do you agree with that? You said you played some special teams. Absolutely. You stand on the 10-yard line. If it goes over your head past the 10, you let it go. I mean, unless it's true. So, what if, so if it comes – so when do you fair catch? If you're after – if you're above the 10 and they're within like a yard of you, then you would fair catch it, right? Yeah. If, if you, Let's say you're on the 8. And the ball's coming in, you see two guys that might possibly be able to down the ball within, you know, right next to the goal line. Maybe you fair catch it at the eight. But anything closer to the five or, you know, you got to let it go. Let it go in the end zone and get a touchback. Now, have you ever got clobbered as a returner? I have. I got <laughs> clobbered on a kickoff one time. Like snot, snot nose. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness! Yeah. Take us get, through the play. I don't remember. I mean, it happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get hit. It was in the, obviously in the winter time. You know, runny noses, but got hit so hard, knocked the snot out of me. Oh, wow! Yeah. Literally, <laughs> literally. Oh. That's how you know it was a hard hit. Now, I, I, you know, we talk, you played a lot of positions. You know, you were you you were kicker, uh, um, receiver, returner, quarterback, mm-hmm. tight end, and those were, you played all those on the same down. That's right, um, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. It was just you but, and like yeah, two other people know, right. on the field. You hiked the awesome. ball to yourself. Yeah. Uh, you had, like twelve numbers on his jersey. Not twelve. You were the coach. Yeah, as well. that, that viral one. video where the guy throws it up and throws it up to himself and runs and catches it. Yeah, I was doing that. That was you. That was you. You originated that. But I was going to say, out of all those, what what was your favorite position to? play running back running back and yeah. uh, why because you just like enduring hits or what no, was it about no i like running over people oh, oh 
all right. That's right with your 36, you know, vertical <laughs> and your bicep 45. Yeah. Bi- yeah. <laughs> Okay. Now, have you? This is happening. Squatting. I know, right? <laughs> now, you said you've gotten clobbered before. Have you ever absolutely clobbered somebody else? Yeah, a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time I think I clobbered a guy. He fumbled it, but I think I got a concussion. So I don't know if that counts uh, <laughs> for who clobbered who if I got a concussion. Clobbered but. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we won't do an arm wrestle. <laughs> People are going to walk out with two black eyes, both of you. <laughs> so since running back was your favorite position, and you mentioned already that you were excited to see how Trey Mason performed tonight, what do you think his future is in the NFL? I mean, obviously he played against a very good defense tonight, and he had five carries for 40 yards and one reception for 12 yards. Pretty good for a rookie. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him at Auburn. You know, I actually went to the, uh, the national championship game when they played Florida State. So, I mean, he was nasty in college. So, if he can do that in the NFL, he'd be good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's, um, tight. he's pretty tight. But it's always a hard transition from NFL, particularly at the running back position. I think that's one of the hardest transitions to make from college to NFL. Yeah. Because, you know, you have, in college, you, you don't have linebackers that can run four, five, forties and, you know, are as athletic as they have in the they're, NFL. They're the they're, premier and very few and far between. But, you know, when you're, when you go to the NFL, the game is just that little bit faster. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you've got guys that are going to, we'll come and, s- Smack the snot out of you in a heartbeat. If you, you know, you got to run north and south. Your fundamentals have to be so on point and so tight, and you have to be very disciplined. You, you can't get away with a number of things. That's why when you see like fantastic plays in the NFL, you're like, wow, that really happened because you're dealing dealing with such a level of of Eliteness. discipline, yeah, and, and elite athleticism that that those certain breakdowns just don't happen. So when those big plays happen, it's really a bigger deal than even a fan can appreciate, even from the player's standpoint. Yeah. Especially when it's a rookie, too. Like, we saw in our Hard Knocks episode where Devontae Freeman, who's the rookie on the Falcons this year, got hit really hard. I think it was in one of the practice games against the Titans or something. Yep. And he went up to Steven Jackson and was like, man, he just came out of nowhere and yeah. hit me. And he's like, well, they're going to do <laughs> he's that. He's like, welcome. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's welcome like, all right, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of um, rookies this year, though, in the receiver and running back position that have been playing really well. I mean, granted, the Bills aren't that good, but Sammy Watkins has been playing well. We have Anton Smith on the Falcons that's been playing pretty well. Yeah, Trey Mason had a great game tonight. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree with this, that maybe the college level has risen a little bit more and it's not as big as a gap going from college to NFL as it used to be. Do you guys agree? Well, you know, that's a very interesting, you know, I guess debate that you bring up because, you know, I think that before you would have I mean I mean if you look years you would you would have rookies that made immediate impacts in the NFL even if you look you know 10 years back uh, right. you know uh, or even 7 years back look at Adrian Peterson his rookie year he practically broke every record but um you know the thing is is that I think also College players are being prepared a lot more for the transition into the NFL, and they're getting a lot more better um, coaching, training, and just overall um, skill set that they're acquiring before making the jump. So you do see them having immediate impacts. The one thing I have not seen an impact from so far this year, though, is rookie quarterbacks. Yes. And, you know, even rookie quarterbacks that are playing somewhat good, like Derek Carr, are still 0 for 5 or whatnot. Yeah. So I haven't really seen... Right, but that's... But I feel like... I feel like that's just the... Like, it's like everything's changing so much. Because last year or the year before, they were great. So next year, it might be good. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that... The question that you posed, do we agree or disagree? I feel like the level of the NFL has definitely risen but oh, yeah. also college has risen too so there's still a gap maybe the gap looks different but there's still a gap you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like no, there definitely is but and also i guess not, but i'm saying like, i don't think it's smaller or bigger i think that it's just different like the yeah. level because years ago the nfl maybe was at a five and college was at a two and now the nfl maybe is at an eight and college is at a five like it's the same you know what I mean? Like it's it's, relatively, it's the same. relatively the same yeah. gap. It's just a position that 
players are in college now is different than it was years ago, but also the NFL position is different. Because you didn't have things happening in the NFL that are now 20 years ago. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's uh, everything has been changing together. Well, it evolves. Evolving, you know. yeah. What well, do you, do guys you agree? are getting bigger, stronger, and faster every year. Yes. Absolutely. What, yeah. what are they feeding them, boys? Drugs. <laughs> Bram, do you agree with that? I do. Drugs. I do agree. I mean, yeah, it's just, I feel like I mean, look at the athletes we have today versus the athletes, you know, 20, 30 years ago. It's just, yeah. Yeah. just evolving. Right. Well, we have people like uh, Deshaun Jackson who had a full ride to Cal for baseball or football. He's a very, very good athlete, you know, just all around. So that's what I think we're getting now is these guys that can play. Any, I think somebody, was it in the game tonight? I think it was on Sunday. I don't remember who it was, but they were saying, "Oh, he used to play football, or he used to play baseball." Someone in that well, kind of laid out. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Kaepernick used to be a pitcher. No, they were oh, talking about Davis though. And they Austin were, used to play baseball. Yeah, they were talking about him because he was on the run. It was a receiver exactly. though, Russell so Wilson. it must have been tonight on Sunday. They were about Davis. Okay. Yeah, tonight yeah. they were talking about Davis and baseball. And Michael and Vick, actually, your favorite quarterback, got drafted. <laughs> As um, in the in Major League Baseball, yeah, um, he was like in the hundredth round or something, but it was way back. But he was also drafted, so it's not it's not uncommon for. Um, That's been going on for decades. Yeah, yeah. and exactly. also what I have to say too is actually a friend of mine, um, her child was visiting a college this weekend, and I think too with that whole everything's evolving and changing. I mean, kids nowadays, ninth and tenth grade, are committing to colleges. Yeah. So I feel like the, yeah. the whole bar has changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. The standard has changed. You would never do that. And it's crazy to me that kids are committing to college that young yeah. for sports because what happens if they too. get hurt? Right. So for, um, not a, I mean, maybe like five years. It's not like ten years, fifteen no. years ago. No. Well, well, talk, talk uh, about it. Enlighten uh, us. I don't know about that. Kids have been getting recruited for a while now, at least 15, 20 years. From, from like, definitely not 20 years. Well, apparently LeBron James... LeBron, <laughs> you remember, this is a business. Right, these but, guys but what I'm saying, for college, they're, they're, they're getting Warner, recruited, they're, but they weren't committed. Huh? They really are, committed. though. Like, yeah. signing stuff in ninth grade, what college they're going to. Well, I mean, you, can't you, you can't sign, sign anything, anything before 18 anyway. But they're verbal, so, verbal commitment. It's all verbal. And, and then they the parents get- are all in on it. And then you're trying to figure out why certain schools are... It's crazy. No. It's like they're allowed. One, one, someone I know did this this weekend. They're allowed to have the kid on campus for forty-eight hours, and they schmooze and wine and dine the kids, and they want like a verbal commitment that these kids are going to come play for their school. Right, and, and just because, crazy. but it wasn't like that when I was in high school twenty years ago. It definitely wasn't like that. Right, and just because they verbally twenty. No way. <laughs> She's Thanks for just yeah yeah she she just disclosed her age twenty year reunion next year you want to come but you, you, you know the thing is that you hear is that you actually and I've, I've read this a lot to kind of piggyback on what you said kids that are kind of foregoing the second semester of their senior years of high school to enroll early at colleges they go to spring ball. like Matt Barkley did it um, Cody Kessler I know those are USC quarterbacks but you hear about that a lot here in LA mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you hear about that a lot a lot of players will do that and will graduate early and will be on college campuses technically their senior year of high school yep. to get into the system and yep. whatnot. So right. yeah, I think the recruiting I think it's been going on for a while, but I just think now the recruiting is a lot more aggressive. Yeah. And um it, you know than we've seen twenty years ago. Yeah, right. my point it, is that the, the whole spectrum of the game from high school to college, from college to pro has changed. No, that's true. Across when the board, I, when I was in the fifth grade, there were scouts from the Sacramento Kings looking at me. Yo, so I, I, I totally played varsity in <laughs> seventh. No, I'm joking. Anyway, uh, anyway back to go. Monday Night Football. Yeah. I want to ask, I'll start with Bram again, because we were just talking about the rookies on um, the Rams' defense. Do you think the problems with this defense, is, is it inexperience, or are they really that bad? Maybe both. I mean, Janoris Jenkins, he got beat up pretty bad tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously you can't blame it on one guy. But but the Niners are good. The Niners are really good. So, I mean. Thank you. They are. I mean, I it could have easily been a blowout. But like you said, Thaddeus, like maybe the Niners didn't, they didn't show up. Yeah. You know, see, the Niners are very modest. You know what I mean? They knew it was a, <laughs> Just a night. Like you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're very humble. <laughs> they knew it was a night they were honoring, you know, <laughs> the Rams and stuff. They didn't want to come in there and just absolutely dismantle the poor kid. Oh, my god. They wanted to come in and make it fun. You know what and, I have to say about you know, the Niners? And, and let me finish my point before you jump on me because I know you're going to. I feel like, and I can be wrong. 
I feel like we're seeing a little bit of a different Kaepernick, at least in this game. I don't know if it's true for the whole season. I feel like he's settling down slightly. I feel like last year, watching him play, that... If the play wasn't going the way it was supposed to, he'd just take off and run. He was running and running and running, and he's still running, and he can run, and he gets lots of rushing yards. But I feel like tonight there was a few times where I would have thought he was going to run, and he didn't. He was, like, waiting for the play to form and happen. Like, I feel like he's settling in might be the wrong word because he came settled and he performed awesome right away, but I feel like he's playing with his head a little bit more or something like are you going to jump on me or I am not going to jump I was going to I think that was one of the most beautiful eloquently insightful things you've ever said <laughs> Oh my God. No, I felt seriously. that in my heart. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna I, you just know, throw up over here real quick. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, that was very, very. I, I'm feeling emotional that that was so good. But yeah, you know, basically what you're, you're saying is Kaepernick has. Well, first of all, he's one of few, few quarterbacks that has the ability to extend plays. We saw Russell Wilson do that last Monday night. Yes. Right. But Kaepernick does have that ability to do that. He can evade defenders and wait for plays to develop, wait for receivers to find isolation and get yeah, open. But he didn't used to. And, he used to just take off because he could, and he wouldn't get. That's Caught. well. That's because he had that Michael Vick syndrome, where yeah, he just wanted like to I run like the whole time. No offense, stop. No. Sorry, no, no that's because okay. I feel like even last season, I'm like, oh man, this is another great quarterback, but he's so going to get hurt because he's just going to run into this thing, and he's not doing that as much. So I'm not. It, but it, one thing also is the Rams didn't really put too much pressure on him tonight. They I, did. I, well, I didn't. There was one sack did. against, but that was their, that was their first sack of the whole year. So no, that was they a didn't big one. sack him. They had I, the I, one sack I, came from a previous game. There were I, no, no sacks. sacked him, but nope. there was a horse collar. Nope. There were no sacks. What, the Rams I, I did not wanna, sack anyone tonight. We, we'll have to check with our statistician in the booth there. Uh, uh, he's looking it up yeah, for Steven, us. Yeah, Steven, you can check, but, but I'm pretty sure, no, I'm so. like 99% sure that there's no sacks on Kaepernick tonight. And he was, previous prior to this game, uh, the highest sacked quarterback in the season right now with 13 sacks, I believe. Yeah, and that's probably just from his ability to run around and try to, um, you know, uh, extend or extend, extend plays. plays. But yeah. I will say this in regards to what you said, that he actually, he threw for over 360 yards tonight, which is his second highest passing total since he became a starting quarterback. And also, to, to, to say, to um, uh, you know, to uh, attest to what you said, outside of the pocket, Colin Kaepernick has 102 quarterback rating outside of the pocket in 21 touchdowns since 2002. That is the highest touchdowns and highest quarterback rating of any QB in the last couple of years. So wow. that shows you how valuable he is, not That's just inside the pocket, but outside the pocket right. as well. And it's a testament to his development yeah. and his, um, the evolution of Colin Kaepernick. And yeah. man, that boy, that boy's getting dangerous. He's well, also he's getting dangerous. He's also taking the lead for uh, top rusher out of quarterbacks in the NFL right now, 242 rush yards. Yeah. So I believe he surpassed Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cam, even though Cam had like 110 yards on Saturday, right. Saturday yeah. he was beasting. But, right. but um, yeah, you know, Cap is... Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's okay. Yeah, um, he might have got rid of the ball on the horse collar, but they did tackle him. Um, but anyway, <laughs> no so sacks. what's with... Um, what? You said that? You no. said yes to. I would like what to... What about Kaepernick and his <laughs> headphones, though? You see, did you hear he about fine, that? He got fined. He got fined. He got fined 10 grand. Because after every game, he's like this. Yeah. 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 And apparently beats, tonight, after headphones. the game... Whoa, whoa, he got fined 10 grand for what? For wearing his beats after the game. Why? In his pre- I guess you're not allowed to wear no, any of the logos NFL, or because NFL, they have a deal with Bose. Oh. Oh, yeah. So because it wasn't Bose headphones, he got fined. But hasn't he been doing that for a few... Yeah, because he has an endorsement with Beats, right? He does. So they're probably paying that fine just like Michael Jordan. used to pay for Michael Jordan's. Exactly. So tonight, well, but... Tonight he wore them and he actually taped over the Beats thing. Because mm-hmm. everyone him? still knows their <laughs> They don't know if it's going to be fine, but that just popped up. That's a good stats. question. Will they still be able to find him even though if he's, you know, concealed the well, identity of him? Anyway, might as well the keep the tape off. Yeah. Well, sticking on the subject of Colin Kaepernick, here comes my fabulous question for you, Kevin. Uh-oh, here we go. I want you to compare Colin Kaepernick to Steve Young. Do you think that Colin Kaepernick is on the path to being <laughs> the best quarterback be in, in 49ers history? Well, first of all, you have to you have to compare a lot of stats. First thing first, and through Steve Young's apples, 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 apples. Through, through Steve Young's first 
20 games. He was, or excuse me, 19 games. He was 10 and 9. Colin Kaepernick is actually 20, uh, 20, uh, excuse me. He was actually. They showed that stat yeah, after he the game. Has a, He's anyways, got a better. He has a better yes. winning record than Steve Young does. And the only thing that Steve Young actually beat him in was Super touchdowns. Bowls. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. But first of all, you have to look at the surrounding cast. <laughs> yes, yes, when yes, Steve yes, Young yes. took over for Joe Montana, he had Jerry Rice. He had, um, you know, he, he had Taylor. He had um, Britt Jones at tight end. I mean, he had some of the best. And people. he was under the tutelage of Joe Montana for a minute. Exactly. As well, which well, so him. I would argue that Steve came into a better situation than Kaepernick came into as far as surrounding cast is concerned. But to answer your question, will he become the next Steve Young? Not the next Steve Young. Will he, is he on the right path to becoming the best 49ers quarterback in history? Because right now, wouldn't you say that that's Steve Young? I, I, I would say Colin has to win at least a few. Uh, a right, Super Bowl that's or two that is yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That, so that's basically saying that Steve Young and Joe, that Joe Montana is not the best. Right. That's why I just asked. I said, would you say Steve Young is the best? Are you saying, or would you say so, Joe so Montana? So you're asking me who do I think the best quarterback of 49, well, 49ers of all time okay, is? Okay, so let me, the reason why I brought that up was because of the stats that they showed after the game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Did I didn't realize I that did Colin stat, Kaepernick yeah. had a better uh, winning percentage. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm asking the question. But if you think that Joe Montana is better, same question. I'm just wondering if you see... The potential, obviously, we have no idea what the future holds. But for what, from what he's done so far, is he on the path to? Is he on pace to yes. actually? That is a very records. good question, and I would say it's kind of premature to make that prediction. I would agree, but. For, for the simple fact you asked me, and I'm going to give you an answer, I think Colin has to prove himself a lot more effective as a pocket passer in order to be able to achieve. Because right now, Colin is benefiting off a of great defense that uh, uh, San Francisco has. And, you know, he's, he's starting to be, they're building the correct pieces around him. So, you know, because Colin is not a quarterback you're going to put out there and you're going to make him beat you with his arm. He's not going to be a quarterback that's going to throw for 350, 400 yards day in and day out or, you know, attempt 45 attempts. He's not the kind of quarterback that's going to do that. You know, he plays a very good game. Um, they have a, a huge rush um, game that goes into the percentage of plays that they do. So I think that in order for Colin to be, um, you know, put up there, with the elites, the Youngs, the Montanas, he has a lot more developing to do with um, what is overall just throwing. And uh, but I, I would say this: I wouldn't rule it out. But he has a lot of room to go right. if he wants to be mentioned with Joe Montana. Right, but but I'm just saying, like with with that question being on track. I mean, the stats show that he's on track. Right. Yeah. That's Actually, I, I, I got it wrong. It yeah, was it, the first twenty nine games. Yeah, it was the first twenty nine. Means that he had more pass yards than Steve Young. He had less rush yards than Steve Young. And I also think that maybe because Steve Young was there as one of the announcers is maybe why they also were like, "This is something awesome." Because maybe. then Steve Young was talking about it afterwards. But if you look at it, he actually has a better first twenty nine starts with the Niners than Steve Young, except in rush yards. So I feel like the answer to the question is in the statistics. That is yes. But Bram, Whoa. I think. I saw you shaking your head when I asked that. Oh, well, it, I mean, it's tough to say because will Colin Kaepernick have better stats than Steve Young? Sure. But, I mean, what's hey. what's the telltale sign of a good quarter? Is it Super Bowl wins or is it stats? Thank you. Because yeah. if you go to stats, if you look at Montana's overall stats, he doesn't even break, like, the top five when it comes to passing yardage, touchdowns. Exactly. He's, I mean, I don't even think he's in the top ten. Stat, we can look stats, that up. But stats always stat. only tell part of the story. You, they never tell Exactly. Right, but for the That's question if he's on track to be that good... Well, it depends on what you define as good. Are you right. defining good by stats or defining good by wins, Super Bowl wins, postseason right. wins? So I think how are caliber of quarterback as Steve Young or Joe Montana? You, you do you think he will have like once he's there for the longevity that they've been there? You don't think that they would be comparable or that Kaepernick will surpass? Yeah, if because one thing is, will he have the longevity? If Colin can play another ten full seasons, right. maybe even twelve, thirteen. I mean, you see how Peyton is like on his. 
35th right now. Yeah. But, um, right. you know, if he does have the longevity, that's a really good question. Will he be able to produce the way that he does? I but think, yes. you got to look at Collins postseason record. His first year as a starter, when he took over midway through the season, he took him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Impressive. He was, what, uh, three for one because he lost the Super Bowl to the Ravens. And then the subsequent year, um, he lost and, uh, NFC, NFC championship against Sherman and those Hawks. So, I but mean, you, you brought up a good point earlier. You know, Montana and, and, and Young, they had a supporting cast that were like, a who's who phenomenal. Of, yeah. Right? How many Hall of Famers were on those teams? Exactly. So, so he's Kaepernick, doing this good Kaepernick, with not, with, without that supporting cast. I think there's other factors as well. Because to me, I also think that overall, I don't think that the league is as good as the league used to be. Mm. Just fundamentally as football players. I don't think that the league is as good as they used to be. Athletically, they're probably more athletic. I just don't maybe think that they're as good as as football players. Just like you have guys in in the NBA. Mm -hmm. You know, they... Great, they can jump through the roof, but I don't think they're as good as basketball oh, no. players. No, it's the same thing. No, I just no. don't think fundamentally NBA is as good. So okay. that's why I think me and Bram are like that. You can't stats don't tell everything. You know, this. See, I don't know that I tell, agree with that. They only tell some of it. They, it only tells yeah. part not the, of the not story. the stats part, but the as good thing. Well, I mean, if you look at stats, you can look at someone like Brett Favre, who has the most touchdowns of all uh, all time. Well, it's about to get surpassed yes. by Peyton Manning <laughs> yeah, he's next like three week. Away, right? Or yeah, two away. You know, and. Uh, passing yardage, but then again, even Peyton Manning, you're looking at a guy who has all the stats in the world, but it's 1-2 and two in Super Bowls. His brother Eli is 2-0 and oh in Super Bowls. Ben Roethlisberger is 2-0, and oh, but yet those stats, their stats will not stack up, so it's kind of like at the end of the day, when you look at Super Bowl wins and stats, it's kind of... Well, but that's crazy, because I mean, think about like four or five years ago when the Jets were in the playoffs. Okay, that's like a fluke. The a Jets wi- made the playoffs? Yes, I'm a sorry. wild card. No, follow me <laughs> here for a second. Like, Mark okay. Sanchez took no, no, his no, first no. two Did, years. Time I know. out, follow me here. So, so, and it's not just because it's about the Jets, but like what you're trying to say is that what if a team that has a crappy season, like a nine and six season or whatever it is they had before, and it wasn't that, but um, nine and seven, nine and seven, and they get into or they had whatever they had, and they get a wild card play, and then they get a fluke of two, three games, and get to the Super Bowl and win. You're uh, saying that then the Jets are a better team than the Niners because they didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, timeout. Technically, you know what I'm saying. Like sometimes the fluke team gets in, and it, I don't think it's based on just the Super Bowl stats. You know what I mean? If there's a consistency and there's a team and there's stats. Right. So let me ask you a question. I don't know. And, Consistency uh, the also ju- plays a part in exactly right, in, in, but, but there well, are te- there are times where there's huge upsets and teams that shouldn't be there are there and get in and win. For, for, yeah. for example, if you look at uh, three years ago, the uh, the Giants, they were only nine and seven. They barely made it to the wild card. They won three games, end up upsetting the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. And then if you look two years prior to that, the uh, Patriots had a perfect season. One, they were what? Right, uh, but even- and then the Giants upset them again in the Super Bowl. Well, are you saying that the Giants are a better team than the Patriots those two years, or do you think the Patriots are a better team than the Giants? That's what I'm saying. I believe the Patriots, and this pains me to say, but the Patriots were a better team. So that kind of negates what you guys are all talking about with that statistics well, versus that's, wins. That's what I'm saying. There's a complete flip side right, to and that. And that is what that that is the biggest thing in sports is half the people base who is good on stats. Half the people base it on your resume. Basically, what have you done? Well, but I just not everyone. No, so everyone has win. different. Everyone has different. Well, it's not just the Super Bowl, and I think he's talking about MVPs, Pro Bowl appearances, all the all-encompassing all awards parts, yeah. that but you get. But the stats, you get to the Pro Bowl if you have the stats. Not well, necessarily. At the end of the day, I'll put it like this: the only time stats matter is Hall of Fame candidacy. And going into the Hall of Fame, that's the only time stats matter. Rings. Sometimes, I mean, rings always support the stats and they can validate you Mm -hmm. as an athlete. Um, But at the end of the day, when you're looking at Hall of Fame candidacy, they look at your stats, what you have done throughout the years. Otherwise, Robert Ory would be considered better than Michael Jordan. (laughs) Exactly. She has seven rings. Exactly. Or even Steve Kerr, who has like five or six rings. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different factors. So, but, but see, this is the only thing, and I know we, we got to move on, so I'm going to say my (laughs) one last thought, because you're doing a great job of keeping us on track here. The only thing that I say about rings to that being to that credit uh, validating someone's greatness 
is that with every great player, they believe you can, you're supposed to be able to win on the biggest stage. What good is it if you're seen as this MVP caliber player, um, put up all the stats in the world, but you can't win on the business, uh, the biggest stage? So that's, that's, wait, so that's my last question is, Do you guys think, I, I, I hear you that you don't think that the supporting cast around Colin Kaepernick this season is as good as, say, it's with better. what Steve Young had, but with what he has this year, how they played tonight, how they played the last couple of games when they've turned it around, do you think that the 49ers will be back in the Super Bowl this year? Well, Let's start, I want to start with Bram. I want to start with Bram. Will the 49ers be back in the Super Bowl? Yes. 50-50. I mean, they got to beat the Seahawks. But the Cowboys just beat the Seahawks. That's true. I, don't, I, I think if the Cowboys played the Seahawks ten times, the Seahawks would win seven. I agree with you on that one. So eight. That's good. I, I agree with you, too. I was going to say seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see an upset, see the Cowboys and the, and the Arizona Cardinals. That's yeah, that'd be an interesting see. Super Bowl. I don't want to see the Cowboys anywhere until <laughs> Romo is... No mo. <laughs> All right, so Steph, I'll move on to you then. What do you think about the 49ers' chances of being in the Super Bowl this year? I don't think they'll be in the Super Bowl. I think they'll be in the playoffs. You can dismiss yourself from <laughs> the show right now. If they are in the Super Bowl, I will come over and watch with you and wear every piece of 49ers. You guys heard that. So, Kevin, I'm not even going to ask you because I know you're going to say yes, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. That is. (laughs) She just shut me Uh, up. No, they (laughs) will. They will be in the 2017 Super Bowl. Yeah, I honestly, I think they're going to make it to the NFC Championship again here. this year, and they're going to lose. 2017. I Super think Bowl. I think Colin Kaepernick. I think they need the another another year. And but, I think everyone on this panel just disrespected me. But Kevin, <laughs> be- before <laughs> before we move on to our predictions, Bram, tell us a little bit more about your movie. You know what? What do you want the fans to know about this movie? What inspired you? Obviously, we know you played with Travis, but what else inspired you to create this twenty-three blast? Yes, twenty-three blast. I want the fans to know what an incredible story it is. You know about Travis Freeman, and just to you know after you see the movie, just to to come home and just be inspired to uh, have faith again, have faith in life and whatever God you believe in, and just know that you know with the power of your will and you know the power of your your mind, you can do anything, you know. Travis Freeman, he he could have easily thrown the towel in, you know. Going blind overnight is, I can't even imagine that. And then to play football blind is just another thing. So just to be inspired, just to go out and live your life and just know that uh, life is uh, very precious and it's never never promised. It's a great story. Amen. Amen. I um, I had this experience once that as soon as I read about your film that it reminded me of, I was snowboarding. And um, we got off the ski lift, and we were, like, strapping in. And all of a sudden, like, four or five uh, of the ski lifts were filled with people that had on these bibs that it said visually impaired skier. And I just sat there. And I don't really write a lot, but this is one of the times where I wrote this whole, like, big blog about it. Because I was just like, man, the amount of trust that these people, they were literally skiing down the mountain with somebody behind them going left, 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 right, 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 left, left, left on a mountain. Like the amount of, like I get the chills talking about it. And I was just, like I kind of just like trailed them just to see what was happening. And I was so curious. And it just, it really gave me that like, wow, this is what life's about. Like we're all here as one. We're supposed to trust each other. We're supposed to be there for each other. And I feel like this and showing Travis and got the amount of trust because this is like you're going into battle. I mean, I know it's kind of dramatic. I don't mean like war, like soldiers and don't take it there. But you know what I mean? It's like he's trusting his team, his coach, his friends, his yeah. family, that this is a good idea. Yeah. And, and then he's trusting what they say. Mm-hmm. And it's like a contact sport. And it's not like he's just trusting it as he, as he trusts like something else to be safe to like cross a street or something that he can't do. But he's feeling physical impact. Yeah. And he's trusting that he's going to be okay. And, like, to me, that's – it's got to be so crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm really, really excited to, to hear – to see this film. And I'm, I'm so glad you came because I didn't know about it. Yeah. And um, is there any more that you can tell us about the story that wouldn't ruin it? Or is it kind of like, wait, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. Just, okay. You know, you know the story of him, you know, going blind overnight. And uh, he thought everything was over. really didn't have a reason to live. And uh, his coach said, you know what? I think you can play. And he was like, wow. play what? 
to play football. And wow. so, you know, and, uh, yeah, they brought him back on the team. And, you know, it was a struggle at first. But uh, he kept fighting. And uh, Now, quick question. Mm-hmm. Was, so he, was he just legally blind or was he, like, yeah, blind, le- blind? I know there's, like, different levels of blindness. Black blind. Right. Was he, like, Ray Charles blind? Yeah, or he was legally blind. Yeah, wow. overnight. Okay. Yeah. So, so that mean he couldn't see So he couldn't see, see sights or colors or complete darkness, complete wow. black. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. Overnight. Well, not amazing in a good way, but just, you know, that's just astounding. No, it's, it's amazing that he was actually able to come and still play. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, like, that's, that's beyond amazing. How that's long? inspirational. Oh, I don't yeah. know, like, you know. But can, can, if you can't answer it, don't. I'm like curious, George, so I'm just going to want to know. How long did it take to convince him to play? Or is that ruining it? Uh, that's not ruining it. I mean, I think it probably took a, a few weeks or so. I mean, of course, in a movie, you have to hollow, Hollywoodize everything. But, uh, right. Yeah, a week or so. Wow. And you play his best friend, correct? I do. I play the quarterback, his best friend. So yeah. obviously, you have a big role in his life and probably in all of his decisions, which I'm excited to see. Yeah. How did he feel? Um, what was it like? Did you tell him that you wanted to do this and then you wrote this, or did you just write it and be like, hey man, I did this? Like, do you guys still keep in touch? Like, did you have to find him? What was that whole yeah, experience no, we kept like? In, yeah, we kept in touch the whole time. Of course, we called him. We said, hey, we're. We're gonna write a movie about you, and he was like, uh, "Okay, sure." I mean, and he kind of laughed it off, like, "Okay, yeah, that'll never happen. I'll never get a movie made about me." And then years later, we got a script, and we showed up. We said, "Hey, we're gonna start filming." He was like, "Okay," but he was there every day on set, coming in. He put his headphones on. He, was, cool. he would listen to us on set. So uh, he was super supportive. That's awesome. Yeah, That's so awesome. That's so Twenty Three Blast, you guys, comes out October twenty fourth. That's right. Everyone needs to go see it because it's a very, from what I hear, a very inspirational movie. And I know we'll all be seeing it. Oh, so of course. everyone yeah. else. We've been invited we to the together. VIP premiere. Yeah, right. we have. Yeah. Oh, my God. What we have now. Yeah, as Kevin no put pressure. you on blast. Yeah. <laughs> 23 blasts. You said it live here. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to predictions real quick, guys. All right. For, oh. <laughs> now, <laughs> jump together. So I'll tell you. So, well, first, I guess we should flip back to last week where Kevin and I were the only ones that thought the Cowboys were going to defeat the Seahawks. So go us. Points for us. You guys are so team, red. Team us. Yes, team us. Team us. And then yeah. I think, were you the only one that chose the Redskins, Kevin? I yes. may have been the only one to yes, choose. Yes, you were. So, I'm a believer down. in Kirk Cousins. Sorry. Okay, so then you were wrong on that uh, <laughs> because the Cardinals won. Yeah. Yeah. So this Sunday, we have the Rams versus the Seahawks. Yeah. And the 49ers versus the Broncos, which is a very good one. So, Bram, let's get your predictions. Who do you think is going to win of those two matchups and Just why? straight up win, no no spread, nothing like no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> Just who's going to win oh, and why. Yeah, we got to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking I, know, right? um, I always cheer for the underdog, but I mean, to be smart, I, I don't think this, the, the Rams, there's no way they can beat the Seahawks. Where are they playing? In Seattle or St. Louis? Doesn't you know, matter. I'm not yeah, sure. It doesn't really matter, no. I, well, we yeah. know Seattle at home is pretty much invi- well, with the exception of what happens <laughs> last weekend, but yeah. Right. Yeah, so no, after what's after what Seattle what happened to them yesterday, they're definitely gonna win next week. And then Broncos versus Forty Niners. Where is it? Make the right answer. I'm not sure. Um, is it at home or is it uh I can look. Well, it's okay. It's, I'm gonna say Broncos. It, You're gonna go with the Broncos, really? huh? Yeah, I am. Disrespectful. <laughs> Disrespectful. If they're I, a mile high, I don't okay, know. Okay, before I I'll I'll let you guys go. So Kevin let me see your predictions. Obviously, I know you are taking the 49ers against yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, I'm They're playing, uh, the Seahawks play in St. Louis. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm <laughs> just telling you. Yeah. They, they we, could be we, playing we. in Bora Bora. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> and they play, the Niners play in Denver. Um, yeah. So, so basically, we already know who I think is going to win, and that's to say nothing. But I think I think Broncos are an incredible. I mean, obviously, we see they, and you know, I think that game will be especially special because of Peyton Manning's record, mm-hmm. which I don't want him to get it on the Niners, but chances are he probably will break it on them. So that would be. Did you, did you pick sweeter. the Seahawks or the Rams? Me? Um, the Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks. Easily. I'm just writing it down. I didn't hear you. So Seahawks and 49ers. But I will predict Peyton will be, uh, get the record. That is. Uh, oh wait, time out, Bram. We have to know also who you pick for the Texans Steelers Monday oh, the night. Next football. Monday night, yeah. Oh yeah, Texans uh, in Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh got embarrassed this weekend by Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to think they'd bounce back, especially at home. So I'll take the Steelers. Okay. The Browns so are invincible Steph, who are you taking Wait, who did you take for Monday Night Football, the Texans or the Steelers? Um, I say it's going to be a very close game. And I say that the Texans will win off a field goal. You're getting crazy. You're real yeah. specific there. <laughs> I am. Um, it's gonna be a tie. It's gonna be a hard roundabout. In, in Pittsburgh, this is in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks and Denver. And for uh, ugh, I hate Pittsburgh, but I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> I got, it's a Our very bad is. town for me. Uh, you said Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And you said Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And you said Denver. Mm-hmm. Me and Steph Z are rolling together on this oh, one. Oh, I like it. I like the way you think it. Now, me, I, me and Christina are usually on the same page. So, uh, yeah. I just, I mean, I think the 49ers played really well tonight. I have a lot higher hopes for them than I did at the beginning of the season. But? But it at Mile High Stadium... I just and you know and, and, and I'm sorry. and for that the fact and for the major fact that Demarius Thomas is on my team, my fantasy yeah. team. So, so I'm taking the Broncos. Okay, and obviously the Seahawks. I, I would love to pick the Rams, but I just don't see like like Bram oh. said, the Seahawks got in, embarrassed by the Cowboys, and they probably They're are going to come out and whoop some. But you know. Bless you. God bless you. Um, <laughs> and then for Monday night, I'm taking the Texans. Honestly, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick has playing has been playing really well. Ha! Connecting with his is he receivers, him and his mustache, his beard. man, he has like a free yeah. beard, Serious. like the handlebar Harley <laughs> Davidson kind of. Does he live in Silver Lake? I don't know. Does he? <laughs> Nobody Silver Lake or yeah. Wait, or West or Virginia or something? Yeah, no, I don't know. I just I. I want to go with the Texans on this one. Oh. So, All right, sweet. Yeah, Bram, too. tell everyone where they can find you. Tell your Twitter handle. Yes, my Twitter handle is at Bram Who, H-O-O. My last name's Hoover, so Bram Who. Uh, that's my Twitter, Instagram, Bram83. Uh, all the information about the movie is on 23blast.com. Great, and it comes out October 24th. Yes, that's right. Steph, where can everyone find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Steph Z with an F. Kevin? Uh, Kevin John, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKevinJohn. And please read my newest blog. It is called Legion of Boom, Clearly Overrated. <laughs> and you can find that on SportsRants.com or on my website, www.itskevinjohn.com. Thaddeus? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Club Thaddeus. And you can find me at Twitter on Twitter and Instagram at Tina Cap. Thank you so much, Bram, for yeah, being here. Thanks for coming, man. We truly enjoyed your input, and we can't wait to see the movie. Thank you. And we'll catch you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 